What is the Denver Broncos offense missing from the formula in which they've already built some success on? Something seems to be off. We'll dive deep into that in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is the missing link for the Denver Broncos offense as they have had some success as of recent memory, but there's still some things that are missing. We'll dive deeper on today's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. A special shout out to all the everydayers out there. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So subscribe or follow so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content coverage, analysis, more every single day, all year long. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Join alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Something seems to be missing here with the Broncos offense, Sarah. Now, while they've had a string of success during the five-game win streak that previously was, Throughout that five-game win streak, it wasn't always pretty. There were moments where they turned it on. But what is the missing link here from this Broncos offense, especially now that they're coming off of a loss where, to be honest with you, they were in so many different positions to win this game on Sunday? They were, Cody. Unfortunately, 0 for 11 on third downs really highlights what I think is the missing link on this offense. And it's, you know, when you're you're in a rush or maybe you just got home after a long day, right? And you're like, I, I just need something quick. Like, I'm starving. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I need, I need something quick. I need something that I can whip up. Maybe your go-to is like you whip up an omelet or maybe you throw in a frozen pizza or maybe you make... PB and J, what's your go-to? What's that thing that you just know? Like it, when I'm starving and I'm exhausted, like I can just quickly make this and it's going to be ready for me right there. The Broncos don't have their version of that offensively right now. They don't have any frozen pizzas in the freezer. They don't have the the accoutrement required to make peanut butter and jelly, Cody. They don't have the stuff needed to make an omelet. And why is that? There's no, there's no go-to for this offense. There's no, what, what is the identity? I mean, we thought it was going to be the running game, but like we talked about, it just hasn't been consistent. There's no consistency in terms of a, a intermediate passing game. There's just nothing. The Broncos like a drop back passing game. I just feel like the Broncos are missing that, that frozen pizza. They need to go find something like that, that they can just throw in the oven you know, anytime they are hungry and and have that at their disposal, they just don't have it right now. And without a go-to, you end up with games like we saw on Sunday where you go 0 for 11 on third downs. Well, and that's the thing that stands out to me. It's either they throw it short or they throw it deep. There's not that, as you mentioned, intermediate passing game. It's not that seldom where we see them actually taking shots. And part of me is also thinking, like, I just think they're missing a consistent balance, right? They're trying to run the football, but... They can't run the football effectively to the outside. Teams play the pursuit really well there. Denver, I mean, the stretch plays, the toss plays, they haven't been effective for them at all. And then they plug on the inside. And then so when you have to get in these situations, and I also feel like the passing game, as we talked about, you're throwing it to the flat or you're throwing it to the check down or you're throwing it deep. You're taking shots downfield. But where's the where's the slants? Where are the slant routes? Where are the out routes? Where are the hitches and curls for guys like Jerry Judy? I, I just, that's the thing that stands out to me. I, they're missing the things that are like 
basic bread and butter. Like I got a little frustrated. I was watching the Tennessee Titans Indianapolis Colts game on Sunday after the fact. I mean, it was a barn burner for them, but I'm watching Will Levis just roll out to his right and throw, you know, an out route. I'm watching him throw the slant route. And I'm just thinking we haven't honestly seen too much of that from the Broncos. I don't know if that's because the scheme, I don't know if it's how it's being called, but is Denver's offense too complicated? I, I don't know, but it's frustrating to see because even though that they went 0 for 11 on third down, they were on the goal line situation. It was a goal-to-go situation to win the game, and unfortunately, they fell short in that regard. So I I don't know what it is, but they've got to find a way to even just do the basic things, right? Because there are some other teams around the NFL, and I hate comparing, but I think you have to at times. There's teams who have far worse personnel than Denver around the NFL that are executing slant routes, hitches, curls, digs at a consistent rate, while as Denver's, it's deep ball, deep ball, or it's, you know, check down to the flat. I That's not a formula if you're going to want to win games. And I think that's a huge issue right now for Denver's offense. And we've seen, like, if Denver's defense isn't forcing turnovers, this is where that really kind of puts the Broncos in a very tough spot if that formula is not working for them the way that it has during their five-game win streak. It really does put them in a tough spot. And and it, what what's even worse than that, though, is when you talk about so, so in this game against the Houston Texans, six of the first seven possessions for the Broncos ended with a punt, regardless if it was three and out or whatever the case may be, six out of seven of their possessions to start the game ended with a punt. And you combine three interceptions in the second half with six of your first seven possessions ending in a punt. Cody, I mean, how is it even possible that the Broncos were in this game? I, I mean, yeah. how did they not get absolutely blown out it's kind of incredible when you paint it in that particular way, right? The Broncos only lost this game by five points. They were in a goal-to-go situation at the end with a chance and a really good chance to win it. Not like the Commanders game where they had to heave-ho from midfield and hope for a two-point conversion. No, they had a really good chance to win this game despite that. So what is the what is the something's got to give right at some point you're going to have to start seeing jerry judy when he's crossing the field wide open and and you know pounding his hands on the ground because he's like what am i supposed to do right and so there's there is the the balance between i, I get that that people jump into our youtube comments all the time and they're like these guys just like to blame russell wilson for this that and the other there's there's a lot of good that Russell Wilson is doing, but there's also things that you have to call out if you want the team to win games consistently, right? It, Russell has to do certain things better in order for the Broncos to actually make the playoffs, right? If they, if they don't make the playoffs, we can point to a number of different times throughout the season where, hey, Russell Wilson was really good in these moments, but then in other certain times when you needed consistency, when you needed the offense to pick up a first down, give the defense a little bit of a break, not have them have to get into a situation where it's Ben don't break. I mean, it's, it's a team thing, but of course you're paying Russell Wilson the most money of any player you've ever paid anyone in franchise history. You expect him to run a cohesive, coherent, basic offensive passing attack and the Broncos don't have that consistently. So I'm calling for this offense, Cody, to find some bread, find some peanut butter, find some jelly and figure out a way to make PB and J the rest of the way this season. They need to figure it out because hey, Denver's got the talent. They've got players who can perform. Jerry Judy's too talented of a player to not be looked at as much as he is. And 
look, obviously the times where he comes open, it's like, yeah, you know, you wish you could see him because, hey, that might be a touchdown. Jerry's making some good plays when the football comes his way, but we got to see those designs. we got to see those things that we saw Jerry excel at, and I thought we were really going to see. I don't even think we've seen the Joker role in Sean Payton's offense this season. I don't think the Joker has even existed there. If so, I don't know what, what the case is, what it even looks like, but Denver's going to have to find a way to be more consistent offensively going forward. They have some missing links here. In Broncos country, we want to know what you think here about Denver's offense. What is the missing link for them? Why are they going through some of these struggles right now? Give us your thoughts in the YouTube comments or send us a message on social media at Cody Work NFL, at Sarah Bettinger at Locked on Broncos. But one thing we like to do as well, following Sunday's games, we like to take a look around the entire division, the AFC West. What does the AFC West look like after week 13 of NFL action? You're going to get all that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Today's Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at the Game Time app. Game time, they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute seats. You can find exclusive flash deals, sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and game time, they pick the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, game time, they will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos have a little something in common, Cody. They've beaten the Kansas City Chiefs this season, and that loss by the Kansas City Chiefs certainly kind of makes things a little more interesting here down the stretch run for the AFC West. We're going to break down the weekend that was, where the Broncos stand, and what that loss by the Chiefs means going forward, where the Broncos can go from here. Before we talk about the state of the AFC West, though, I want to give a huge shout out and say thank you to all of you that make Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network where you know it's always free and available anywhere that you listen to podcasts as well as on YouTube where you can watch the show, engage in the comment section, subscribe, like, help the algorithm, all those sorts of things. Broncos country, we really appreciate every single one of you for being part of the show and rocking with us here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Cody, the state of the AFC West, very, very interesting. The Packers pulled off the upset on Sunday night football against the Chiefs, which is a bit torturous for the Denver Broncos. When you think back to the weekend that was with a goal-to-go situation against Houston, could have been just one game behind Kansas City in the AFC West after all that was said and done. But alas, here we are. Let's talk about it. Kansas City, Cody, what's the state of this team right now? Are they even a are they a Super Bowl contender? They're eight and four. 
Yeah, you know, I still think that they are. And look, here's the thing with Kansas City. They, they've had moments. They don't look like the same Chiefs team. They don't look like the same dominant Chiefs team that we have seen. And granted, like, there's been changes. Defensively, they've been better than they have been. And obviously, they're going through some ups and downs right now. But I think one thing we always see with Kansas City is once they get to the playoffs, they always turn it up. And so I think it's a little different this year, though. Like, well, I think they can still turn it up. I think that there are quality opponents inside the AFC right now. But, you, I mean, you mentioned such a great point here. Denver losing that game yesterday to Houston was brutal. And, and what I mean by that is you have an opportunity, right, to close the gap. Uh, you know, Kansas City's got a pretty favorable schedule coming up here toward the end of the season. Kansas City drops to eight and four. You obviously split the season series with them if you're the Broncos. And a win against Houston would have put you within one game, as you mentioned there, within the lead for the AFC West, which Denver hasn't even been in that conversation, Sarah, in how many years? Like it's been seven, eight years. They haven't even been in the conversation. I think 2016 was the only year. Denver went nine and seven and still lost the, the AFC divisional crown and lost to the Chiefs as the Chiefs kind of began their dominant reign from that point forward. But what I want to talk about here is just the, the overall theme. Like this is where everything gets put on our magnifying glass. Like if you're a Chiefs fan and you're somehow watching this, you're thinking, man. We sure got fortunate that Denver lost that game. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we lost that game. If you're a Chiefs fan and you're thinking that, because it would have made the dynamics of this division a little more complex. Now, Denver's room for error, as you and I have discussed here, very, very minimal here going forward. It would have been a perfect opportunity to catch the Kansas City Chiefs slipping a little bit and maybe hoping that another team on their schedule is able to supplant them a little bit. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Denver now two games back from the Kansas City Chiefs inside the AFC West. But let's shift gears now here to the Los Angeles Chargers, a team who's sitting at 5-7 and seven right now. And I saw something on Twitter yesterday. It was very interesting. Somebody told me that Brandon Staley might be the only coach to win a game 6 nothing and still get fired. Obviously, he hasn't gotten fired. But I felt like that was an interesting thing. The Los Angeles Chargers taking on the New England Patriots. The Patriots have a pretty good defense, but they only won 6 to nothing as their offense continued to struggle. Quentin Johnson continues to deal with drop issues right now. Keenan Allen really is their most prolific wide receiving threat. And look, that's Denver's next opponent here. This week's game for the Broncos is going to be huge. It is, Cody. I mean, it's it's one of those games that I think, hey, Brandon Staley, whatever his next job is, if he does get let go by the Chargers, he can always put it on his resume. Shut out a Bill Belichick team right and he doesn't have to say what year it was he doesn't have to put the final score just put on there you shut out a bill belichick team but i just don't i i feel like i'm in the same spot with the chargers that i was when we kind of we evaluated the afc west about a month or so ago and i remember saying like i just don't view the chargers as a legitimate viable threat in the afc and much less the afc west and so this is a game where going on the road, the Denver Broncos, they really need to take care of business against a team like the Chargers in a place where it's traditionally been a home away from home for the Denver Broncos, hasn't it? I mean, the Broncos fans traveled well to Houston, but they always travel well to Los Angeles or San Diego back in the day. It was always a, a, it felt like almost like a ninth home game for the team when there was only 16 games. So the Chargers, they just don't exude a huge threat right now to me, especially when it comes to the AFC West. And so this is a game where I think if you're the Broncos and you feel like you are a viable threat in the AFC, you better be able to go on the road and get a win against a team that just put up six points against the two and ten Patriots. 
Well, then we get to the Las Vegas Raiders. They had a bye week over the weekend. They're sitting at five and seven. It's very interesting right now, really between the second spot and the fourth spot, there is one game that separates the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Raiders, which is a little interesting. And these teams have had very different, interesting stories throughout the year. Obviously, Denver was at the bottom of the AFC West for quite some time this season early on. But the Raiders are also another team that I'm very curious to see how they do coming off the bye this week. They get Max Crosby a little bit more healthy after he's been dealing with the knee injury. They get Aiden O'Connell some more time to get acclimated with the offense. And look, they've got the capability, especially with the transition where they've eliminated the fullback from their offense. Josh Jacobs has had a string of success since they've made the changes that they've made to Josh McDaniel's offense since they fired him. So I'm very, very curious to see how this end stretch, these five games remaining for the Broncos, really kind of culminates because you're going to have two matchups against the Chargers. You can have one matchup against the Patriots, and then you're going to close out the season on the road against the Raiders, which is a very, very tough place to play. The Broncos haven't had success beating the Raiders in many years. Look, they snapped the streak to the Chiefs this year, but they have yet to snap the streak to the Las Vegas Raiders. So the stakes are higher for this Broncos team. Everything's a little bit tougher going forward, but overall, the AFC West is very, very interesting right now. And you look at even just conference record, Denver at three and five, the Chargers three and four, the Raiders with a three and five conference record. So I think it's important. It's imperative that if these teams are kind of creeping up to you toward the end of the season, you have to take care of business in those matchups. Now, obviously for Denver, they can tie the season series with the Raiders. They can win the season series against the Chargers if they win both games. Their room for error, very, very minimal here. And obviously it's going to spread a little bit of light as well. Like Denver's going to have to hope some teams above them start losing some games. Houston, I think, has got a pretty favorable schedule here. Obviously the Colts are playing really good football. Then there's the Browns. There's the Steelers. We'll dive deep into that here as we take a look at the state of the AFC here on today's episode of Locked on Broncos. But Right now, the AFC West, very, very interesting division right now in football. And I think the storyline for it's maybe changed a little bit. Like you're, there, There's still some competitiveness to it, but can Denver find their footing here, especially with Kansas City looking like they're going to maintain the top spot inside the division? That's what makes, I think, the end game here for Denver a little bit more crucial going forward. But Broncos country, one thing we are going to do is we're going to take a look at the entire AFC. We're going to take a look at seeds one through seven. Who is in the playoff hunt from the divisional rankings to the wild cards and who's on the outside looking in? We'll take a look at that here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses. Who starts and who sits, and I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today I want to chat to be a little bit more personal. Whether you're on an extended travel, you're bracing for a major weather event, or you're limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend, thanks to our partners over there at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revatio prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. One verified customer had a lot of great things to say about Jace, saying that they were thankful for the service. They had supply chain issues that caused them to cut pills in half in order to have it. They order most of their daily meds in a year supply, and they also ordered antibiotic kits so that they can feel secure. And prices are lower than local pharmacies and that they recommend this for everybody. If you or someone that you love would love to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase at jacemedical.com. 
As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, we'll take a peek around the entire AFC as the playoff picture starts to take form and things become a little bit more crucial, not just for the Denver Broncos, but for teams above them, teams below them, teams with a similar record as them as they progress toward the end of the season. Just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, rocking with us, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast here. But, Sarah, let's take a look around the AFC playoff picture as it stands here today. Following week 13, the Broncos sitting at ninth overall in the standings right below the Houston Texans, which unfortunately we talked about how big that game was for them on Sunday. They lost that to Houston. Houston owns the tiebreaker above them now. But the number one team right now in terms of the standings and the rankings is the Miami Dolphins sitting at 9-3. and three, And they boat raced the Washington Commanders over the weekend in dramatic fashion. And then the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, they have a tied record there. It's really essentially a tie for first there, sitting at 9-3 and three as well. Lamar Jackson and that team, they're playing really good football. They're playing hard-hitting physical defensive football. The AFC right now is very, very interesting. It is, Cody. Obviously, the Dolphins and the Ravens at the top there. You've got the Jacksonville Jaguars, who at the time of this recording, they haven't quite played just yet. They play against the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football. The Chiefs at 8-4 and four just lost their fourth game of the season already. Kind of crazy to even think about. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Indianapolis Colts make up the seeds 5, 6, and 7, those wild card spots. But Pittsburgh, they just lost starting quarterback Kenny Pickett for up to the next four weeks with an injury. So not that Kenny Pickett was out there wheeling and dealing, Cody, but the alternative is Mitchell Trubisky in Pittsburgh there. So it's going to take a miraculous effort by Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Steelers, to really get that thing solidified here over the final five weeks of the season. The Steelers, I just don't know. I don't really feel like that's a team that's going to do much of anything, even if they do kind of sneak in the back door of the playoffs. Very, very similar team is the Cleveland Browns, who right now, Cody, they've probably just had way too many injuries that they've had to sustain in order to be, I guess, uh, a viable team in the AFC as the season comes to a close. Now, they just got destroyed by the Rams over the weekend. Of course, uh, that Rams team is playing some good football over the last month as well. But Cleveland has Joe Flacco starting at the quarterback position. There's no Nick Chubb. There's no Jack Conklin. There's Denzel Ward is injured. I mean, they're banged up to say the very least. And the Indianapolis Colts, it's it kind of feels like a Cinderella story where you're just waiting for that pumpkin to turn back into a pumpkin. It's it, it's the carriage and everything right now. But the Colts, like that, they're just a great sum of their parts. So. It feels like it's still very much wide open in the AFC in terms of the teams that are in it right now. I think it could shift dramatically over the course of the next month. Well, I think if we take a look at it, right, you always have to look at seeds five through seven, the wild card, and you have to look at the three teams that are behind them right now. Okay, so you've got Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Indianapolis. Colts keep winning games. They found a way to win against Tennessee in a thrilling game on Sunday. Pittsburgh losing, Cleveland losing. But I also think at the same time, you look at Houston, obviously for them, I think they're the next favorite to jump up into that race there. And I think so much is contingent upon because they have the same exact record as the Indianapolis Colts. If I, I, that's where it gets tricky. So I think we could see a shift where it goes Pittsburgh, Cleveland, 
drops out, can Houston and Denver climb their way up in? I think so much is dependent upon does Pittsburgh, how many games do they lose in the rest of the season? How many games does Cleveland or even Indianapolis lose down the stretch here? Denver's going to obviously have to win here, but there's a chance where Houston, Denver, potentially Buffalo could even supplement in those final three wildcard spots here for the playoffs, which would make things very interesting. And I think ultimately, if Miami gets that number two spot, and let's say Denver gets the seven seed, that's uh, the interesting storyline considering what happened in week three here for the Broncos. But Denver is very much still alive and in the playoff hunt as we're talking here today, despite how yesterday's game, Sunday's game against the Texans was a must win. They lost that. They are still very much in it. And really, I think Cincinnati, I, I can we see a situation here where a team goes nine and eight and gets into the AFC wildcard because you look at really how close it is. I mean, it is very interesting here. Do you see that being a possibility here? I'm curious for your thoughts on that. I think it is a possibility, right? I think a lot of folks are saying, hey, the Broncos need to go five and oh down the stretch if they want to make the playoffs or they need to go four and one, which I think that's I think that's pretty reasonable to say they need to win 10 or more games in order to get into the playoffs. But I do think there's a chance that a nine win team sneaks in. I just don't I don't know that any other teams in the AFC right now, Cody, are going to be able to get to that 10, 11 ah. win mark, even a team like Houston, right? Ah. That that looked really good yesterday, but they've had yeah. games and times throughout the course of this season where, ah. man, they just don't look like the best they don't look like the best team. And that's just, you have a rookie quarterback. You got a rookie head coach. You've got people learning along the way. And it's a process for all these teams. And so I wouldn't be surprised if nine wins could get you into the playoffs. And obviously, if you if you can hear that, Cody, Bluey, my dog, she definitely agrees with me on that. She's sounding off on the idea of a nine-win team getting in. I just think that the Broncos, they're in a position right now where, yes, you need to take care of business over these next five games. Hey, we want to see another five game winning streak, but it's more so like the team right now. It's like you're down by three or four points and the third quarter is about to come to a close. There's like two minutes left in the third and you're down by three or four points. The fact that the Broncos have crept into this point to where they're only down by three or four in the third quarter, you know, hypothetically speaking, is a, an amazing situation to be in considering where they were earlier on this season. Now you have to go out in the fourth quarter. You've got to be the one to make the plays, right? You've got to take the lead. You've got to make sure that you are the aggressor, that you're the one making the the ball bounce your way. As you said in yesterday's show, Cody, you, you kind of have to make your own luck in the NFL. The Broncos are in a position right now. We're getting close to the fourth quarter. They've got to start to find ways to make their own luck. And I can see Denver winning three more games, right? Which means that they only have room to lose two more games, which ideally you'd never want them to lose any of these games if you're a Broncos fan. But if Denver, if a team can somehow get in at nine and eight, Denver can get to nine wins. They can, if they can beat the Chargers, which I think they're very capable of doing, the Patriots, they play the Chargers again. The Lions game is going to be a very interesting one because the Lions are very tough. They can run it, they can air it out in explosive fashion through the passing game. That one to me is really the biggest question mark right now. And obviously week 18, we don't know what the stakes are going to be for this Broncos team. But I think Denver can win three more games here this season at the minimal here. So how does that shape up? How does that take form here? We'll see here in the coming days and weeks here on Lockdown Broncos. We'll keep you posted every single day, every step of the way. We'll give you some insight on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Broncos. What do we learn from Broncos head coach Sean Payton in his conference call? And on top of that, what sets the table for this week as the Broncos prepare for a road trip to the Los Angeles Chargers. We get all that this week here, Locked on Broncos.